This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, here we go. Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urit. I'm the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside, and we're in for a treat today. Jeremy and Audrey Roloff are here. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you for having us. This is super exciting. I absolutely adored your book, A Love Letter Life, and I know you have another one besides that about creativity and creativity in our relationships. But this book, I mean, it's just like a lot of feelings when you read it, and interesting, I think, you know, reading a book like this probably at different stages of life, like if you read it when you're dating or read it when you're a newlywed yeah. or read it, we've been married for 20 years. Just really interesting to think about what the different perspectives would be. But the two of you have such a beautiful mission, which is helping people with their marriage. And last year, we did the 52 date challenge. Yeah. So for a decade, we've been trying to get outside for a thousand hours every year. And it's been 10 years. So we tried to add on a little bit last year. And we failed miserably. But, you know, here's the thing. John Acuff always says, like, it's just data and it helps you to adjust. So it actually was an incredible experience for us. And we probably did like 12, which is so far. Did you do more because of the goal? Yes. Yes. And realize like how powerful these simple, like sometimes it would just be like a little hike. And anyway, so that's enough of me rambling. Welcome, welcome. I think everybody knows who you are. And this beating 50% mission is huge. Tell us, you know, what I was a little blown away by was, okay, if half of marriages-ish, you know, I don't know exactly what the statistic is, but end in divorce is a pretty bold move to come out as young married couples (laughs) and say, this is what we're going to do. Because you're still at the beginning of it. Can you talk people through... Like how you landed there, beating 50%. This is what we're going to do. We're new at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're doing it and we're going to help other people. Yeah. I mean, there's a, in our more youthful days, let's say, <laughs> we're still in our youthful days, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I would say like when we started this mission, we were in an environment and in a job, which we still kind of are in, but it was a little bit different than it is, I would say now. Right now, I would say to everyone, I tell this myself every day. There is no such thing as being stagnant. You are either growing or you're not. You know, you're moving towards health or you're moving towards unhealth. And so this idea of beating 50% is there's no such thing as 50% in the middle. You know, right? Like you're 51 or 49 in one direction. You might be slow progress, but it's progress. And that was really, I think, if we I were to hone it in, a huge core for us is like move in the direction of health for your relationship. And so that's really what we kind of try to inspire people to do and still do. And, uh, you know, beating 50% as as the statistic, although it's a real statistic, you know, it's more to like it did you like, wake up, like like the classic pun, this should not be the why are half of all marriages (laughs) failing Mm -hmm. in and out of the church doesn't matter your religion, really, like it's, yeah, it is a big, big, big problem. So we recognize, I think, pretty quickly that like, wow, there's progression. There's no such thing as stagnation. And we want to be moving in that direction. So mm-hmm. how do we do that? And how do we bring others along for the ride? Yeah. And I think we, we felt super fortunate to have 
a lot of couples that were our friends, we call them like our marriage parents, really they're just friends, but that are in an older season or different season of life than us, ahead of us in a lot of ways that just poured into us in our marriage, in our premarital, in our dating. We just felt super surrounded by great couples with so much wisdom that we were like, we got to share this. So, so much of what we shared was not ours. It was really just like, we want to be a voice speaking to our generation where we're in it with them. You know, like there's a lot of marriage books out there written by people who are much further ahead and much more. (laughs) We are by no means experts, but we really did want to be that voice to our peers kind of, and for them to readers to be able to read our book and say like, Oh, Jeremy and Audrey are walking through those same things that we're walking through right now. But also we had this wisdom that we feel like we couldn't hold into ourselves because we were just so blessed by that from other friendships. So a huge part of it was just like, we got to share this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's actually brilliant. Right. I'm like the best cookbooks are the ones that are written by like moms that are moms right now. And so a lot of people don't have that. They don't have marriage parents. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So just like this conduit. And Mm -hmm. to that, like, let me say, you don't need to be a a culinary chef to write a cookbook. And similar with us, we're like, we, you know, everyone can tell their story. Yeah. Everyone can tell their story. And we never, ever, ever, we've steered away. Like we're not experts. We have no letters besides our name, but we do have a story. It's somewhat unique. And I feel like it can encourage you. And it did. And Mm. off the races we were with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I followed you on social media before I read your book and one of the things that I noticed all the time is that you do fun things. I think more so than the average person. Fun parties, fun parties for your kids, but also for your friends, these themed parties and people are dressed up yeah. and you've got the Christmas tree that's like six stories tall, cut it and it flies open. Yeah. And the average person you see is just living sort of this day-to-day life. Maybe they do a little things here and there, but yeah. that's what I noticed. You have this fullness about your family and that takes work and it takes intention. So it was very, very cool to see in a love letter life that it was right from the beginning. This was not a relationship that was like, we're just texting all the time. No, this is a relationship like I'm running through fields and it's dark and I'm playing games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is different than how everyone else is living. Like there's not, we're at the bonfire, we're having conversations. We know we're playing guitar, we're going to the train tracks. What makes a person that way? May I yeah, start? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's your answer. <laughs> yeah. One of the, there was a moment in my life that really, I would say, profoundly changed not just my dating life, but my entire life and every aspect of it. And that was when Audrey and I were dating. First of all, everything you just said, what you just did was you just told a story, right? And I'm going to circle back to that. But I was walking up to Audrey's house and we tell the story in the book and I'm carrying this like elaborate gift that I made. I was inspired. I was like, I want to make her something. I didn't even know this girl. She's like, but I just, I feel like I got to outpour some creative energy because it was building up in me. I needed to show her I loved her. And this is the way that that manifested. But fear crept in as it always does. You know, the ego, how am I going to look? Am I going to be an idiot? Am I, am I, how am I going to feel? And we try to protect all these emotions of ourselves. And in doing so, sometimes fear gets the better hand and we don't do something. In this specific case, I turned around, I was walking back to the car and something, someone stopped me, literally dead in my tracks. And I remember this thought coming straight into my brain, Jer, what kind of story do you want to tell? And I literally stopped. I still remember standing in the middle of the street outside of her house, street lamp, my vehicle right in front of me. I'm like moments away from giving into fear. You know, it's like literally just a couple steps ahead of me. And that question, I was like, oh my gosh, do I want to be the guy that like, backed out and like tomorrow what am I going to tell the dudes like Mm -hmm. 
that I cowered out and didn't give it to her? Or am I going to man up and go do it? So I did. I turned around, gave her the gift. Anyways, the rest is history. But that question is really what stuck with me. What kind of story do you want to tell? So at the end of every week, let's say you put on headphones and you get to listen to a podcast telling your story, your story of the week. I think a lot of people would turn it off. They would switch the podcast. They would say, this is boring. They would say, wow, that person like, oh, wait a second. That's me. That's my life. Oh my gosh. Like, how am I going to change? So like, that was inspiring question. That's just stuck with me and rung with me. And, and, uh, you know, it's Audrey's as well. I'm not taking claim of over it, but, um, was that the lamp? Was that the lamp gift? That was the lamp gift. Yeah. (laughs) You almost didn't give it. Oh yeah. I mean, I very, Yes. No, no, no. I almost put it right back in the trunk because I was terrible. I was like, her parents are going to think I'm some freak. Like we had, I, I literally like hand built date. this thing. I spent like, we've only met each other like once. Like who's this we've weirdo? We've met each other more than once, but who's this, only one. yeah, we've met each other more than once, but like, who's this weirdo? Like making you handmade gifts. He doesn't even know like what. Okay. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't like the, it was very out of the norm for anybody that I had ever dated. Certainly like nobody was doing things like that. I think there is some of that that is just like baked into how God's wired Jeremy to be. Like he is just a very creative person. In the same breath, I think that marrying into my like, I'm like a squeeze the juice out of life person. Like yeah. I'm a see potential, we can make it happen. And so I think yeah. those two things combined really gave life to like our parties, our hosting, our making these things happen when it's maybe not the best time. Because I feel like time is always an excuse for not doing those things. And you talk yeah. about this in your book and all the time, like time is the excuse. It really comes down to like, what do you prioritize or what do you really value in life? What is your family values or marriage values? And for us, that is a value, adventure yeah. and play and hospitality. Like those are some of our family's like key values. And so we make time for it at the sacrifice of other things because it's important to us. And that doesn't mean it has to be important to everybody, but for us, it is. So, mm-hmm. so Jeremy, this question's for you because I've got a son that's almost 16. And what's interesting to me about your story is, like I said, I see it now and then you see the foundations of it by reading your book. And I want people to know, and this book's been out for a bit, but if they haven't read it yet, we've been married for two decades. I read this book and was just like, oh, I wanna do that. I wanna do a gingerbread house competition. I want to go in an ape cave. I want to play loaded questions. I, you know, I'm like, you read these things and you're like, wait, I could be doing more than what I'm doing. So just amazing ideas in here. But I'm curious about how coming out of a culture that, and you're on the front end of screens and Skype and this digital world of video games, how did you know in your early 20s to be different? Great question. That's a really good question. I think that, um, if I may, the journey inward will become the journey outward. And what I mean by that is most people see something or someone, and this isn't bad, all bad. And then they try to be that thing, that someone, but it's not actually them. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not at the core true to who they are. I think the more and more you press in to who you are, who you were created to be, like your uniqueness, who says it? Like your uniqueness is your gift for the world. Whoever said that quote, there's something, what I'm saying is you don't have to try. It just happens the more and more you truly try to become you. Does that make sense? It might be an easy cop-out answer, but like I... Well, this is what I'm trying to get at. So, you know, we got these kids that are just like sucked into the screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't. You weren't. I mean, maybe you were some, but like really you weren't. You were like, I'm going to do stuff. Totally. Instead of being like, I'm not, we're not going to go to the movies all the time. We're going to like go do stuff. So I think parents would know. Like, I want to say one thing, if I I can just say one thing, because I really just feel like it's perfect for this podcast. 
I feel like so much of that was because of Jeremy literally living his life outside. So he didn't yeah. get sucked into video games. He didn't get sucked into all the normal things that maybe high school kids were doing. I had a video then. game season. Yes, you know, I did sure. some stuff. But for but... the most part, it's like the farm was his best friend. The farm was a parent. Mm. The farm was everything for him. So yeah, it was I like grew up on a farm for... building things, creating things, inviting people over the farm, bonfires, like his life it gave way to that, you know, like the lifestyle and environment that he was raised in gave way to that. Wouldn't you say? Like, yeah, that was yeah. A huge part of absolutely. Absolutely. That for you. I mean, for sure. Case in point, uh, you know, being outside, <laughs> I would say largely inspired and brought out kind of a lot of that for me. But, but again, I would say I really, for some reason was kind of, I just wanted to find out like, man, what am I going to do? Like, who am I? And I kept pressing into these like questions that, mm-hmm. I don't want to like wear anyone else's clothes, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. So. Yeah. Okay. So Audrey, I'm flipping it over to you because you're know, talking about creativity is Jeremy's thing, but yet your creativity is also woven throughout this book too. So can you tell us the story of this Rice Krispie Hershey's Kiss <laughs> thing that you sent through the mail? Yeah. So, well, for people that don't know the story, so we did, Jeremy and I, you know, Jeremy pursued me for two years and I was very stubborn, very independent. I was collegiate athletes, focused on all these other things. Finally, we start dating 10 days before he moves off to school. So our entire dating relationship was long distance. So we did have to get creative with how we communicated. We were kind of at the front, like Skype was glitchy then. This was before FaceTime and social media was like Instagram was just starting. So really like this is we feel like we kind of escaped through the flames with some yeah. stuff. So we we were creative, like we wrote letters. Jeremy bought a typewriter when he moved off to school and would write me letters. And so we had this way of communicating through the mail and sometimes we'd send each other packages and things. And so it was Valentine's day. Jared was going to this like snow getaway with a bunch of his friends. And I got the address for the house they were staying at. And I sent this, it's like one of his favorite treats that my mom's always made when he's come over for Christmas or holidays or things. Some people call them scotcheroos, basically like peanut butter rice crispy treats with chocolate on top. Mm-hmm. But I just molded it into like a giant Hershey's kiss just as like a creative, fun thing to send and do. And again, it kind of goes back to that, like, what kind of story do you want? Sure, I could have sent him cookies in the mail. I could have sent him a heart-shaped pizza, but like that's not as memorable. And it wasn't as fun for me. Like in the process, I got to exercise some of my creativity. And it's just, again, another thing that's part of our story. So well, I mean, wait, there's more than this. Hold on. Hold on. I feel like you're glossing over a little bit. I globbed on my signature red lipstick and repeatedly kissed a white strip of paper I, I that would be the kisses the label <laughs> protruding from the top. I wrote Jeremy a letter and wrapped everything up in a nice pink and red box. I texted one of his friends and got the address of the place where they would be staying, and I shipped it so it would arrive the same day they did. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. I know I forget some of that stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. I did do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then there was another idea. The idea where uh, it was a birthday gift and you arranged for this. It wasn't, he became a mentor, I'm sure, but like someone that Jeremy was learning from Mm -hmm. to meet up. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? (laughs) Yeah, I think, again, it's just like trying to find creative ways. Like we just, I think both of us really, we just don't want to follow the norm. Like we want to carve our own path. And so I think just trying to always find ways like gift giving has been one of those things for us where we've just tried to be creative with it. I think it's a way to show 
your spouse or really anyone in your life. I see you. I notice you. I love you. It's a way to show your thoughtfulness. Like when you put intention behind the thing that you're giving or building for them or creating for them or wiring, whatever it is for us, there's been a few different gifts with relationships where for one example, I reached out to this girl who knew this guy that Jeremy really looked up to and had followed online for years and coordinated for them to meet together. And they ended up becoming friends. And then years later, I actually found via Instagram. So Jeremy's favorite book is A Severe Mercy. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording. But years later, I actually found... This was that, huge. Yeah. So the author of the book obviously passed away. He's passed on, Sheldon Van Yeah. He didn't have any kids and his wife, not to ruin the book for you, but so doesn't have a family. So he has this meant, what was it called? Godfather. God, Godfather, Godson. His Godson basically inherited the rights to the book, whatever. And he is a professor at this rant at this college on the East Coast. And some random girl on Instagram DM'd me about it and was like, hey, I just found out that my professor was Sheldon's Godson. And I just thought you would like to know. And would you like his email? Because I just thought it'd be super, super cool for you and Jeremy. And I'm like, Jeremy will die. So for Jeremy's birthday, I forget which birthday it was, but I emailed the guy and he doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> so I had to yeah. like call his landline. I had but him call Jeremy on his birthday and say happy we birthday. We had a conversation. It was and amazing. I cried. We named awesome. our daughter Ember Jean. Her middle name is after Jean Davis, who's the, one of the main girls in the book. And we had just had her at that time. And so yeah, we got to tell him that. In that book spend in my life. Anyways, just mm. like, it's like, it doesn't really take that much effort to like get to a point of like having a story that's so much cooler than just like buying something from the store or yeah. doing something easy. It's like going beyond. Sure, it's more inconvenient and it takes time, like we said. Well, like why not? You know, I but, mean, yeah, why not? When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. 
With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 1000 hours. Oh, well, talk us through though. I mean, this is a story that was when you're dating, you have a little bit more time. Obviously, you're both busy, right? You're doing TV stuff, you're a collegiate athlete, so you are busy. You have a little bit more time, and now your parents. You have three young kids, pregnant with a fourth. Don't have more time. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah you don't have more time. You have less time. So yeah. I think most, a majority, a lot, not all, but a lot of the listeners are parents. Yeah. A lot of them have young kids. And we have, it's, what's interesting is we have teens now, and this is busy. It's a different type of busy. It's like, it's a better, <laughs> I think it's a better busy because <laughs> you get to sleep through the night. So I'm going to yeah, tell you what. <laughs> they can make the food. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it is wow. You don't know when anybody goes to the bathroom. It's like this <laughs> pinnacle, I feel like. So, you know, but it's busy because kids have activities and friends and things they need to go do. So, you know, it's it's busy. So how did you take these principles of creativity, thoughtfulness, Great question. intentionality, faithfulness? How do you bridge that gap then into... I'm exhausted. There's a lot of mouths to feed. We're renovating a house. There's a lot more decisions all of a sudden. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you don't even know. Like you make the decision to stay up a little later. And I mean, then the whole thing falls apart. I remember when we had little kids, it was like, why'd you make that decision? Yeah. You know, that whole thing. How did you stem into this new era of parenting? I mean, I, I think one of the deaths of joy is expectations. If you are expecting this season but with kids and the youngins and pregnancies and all the stuff to like look like a past season, just right out of the gate, you're so clearly, you know, it's just not going to look the same. And I mm -hmm. think, um, I think we've very much, you know, we have, I'll let Audrey speak to kind of some of the, like we've brought the same energy to our season, but it mm -hmm. looks way different than it did back then. Yeah. So the 52 date night thing is mm -hmm. one way that we intentionally try to stay connected. And we might be totally okay with just doing that. Like, that's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, but there's also like uh, the marriage journal. It's a yeah. Sunday night, like counsel or for like 30 minutes, we get to ask each other a few questions. How's the week? What brought you joy? Any hurt? What can I do for you next week? Great. Go through our calendar. It's one of the most useful tools for communication for couples. We love it. It's called the marriage journal. Camp there for just a minute. Where can people find it? Yeah, beating50percent.com or just the marriagejournal.com. They go to the same place, but it really is a phenomenal tool. We now have thousands and thousands of couples using it. It's six questions. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you've been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah 10 years. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But we have like counselors using it now in their, pra their marriage practices. We have churches, you know, giving them out. Yeah. Um, it's to, really I mean, so simple. Like it's not this elaborate thing. The questions are the same every week. They're the same six mm -hmm. questions, but they still prove to be like extremely important yeah. because it's things that couples just miss in the busyness of life. No matter what season you're in, whether you're in the season of young kids or older kids or early marriage, like it benefits the span. I mean, we've heard the testimonies from quite the span. And so it's just really cool to see like how yeah. and a simple communication tool can breathe life, you know? Totally. And you like go where your focus is. And like so many couples, they could tell you probably seven things that their partner that annoyed them about their partner in a week. Very few of them could tell you the one thing that actually brought them joy. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, like what if we were to actually 
ask that question, that simple question. <laughs> yeah, it's a phenomenal tool. It's done amazing stuff for a lot of people. And we're, we're just honored to be mm-hmm. a part of stories through that tool. But that being said, back to the question, like, I feel like now there's a little bit of kind of a long game in our approach to our creativity and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. we want to be in shape parents when we're older. And so we're we're trying to balance like a lot of these, like where our energy in the past was like strictly towards us and strictly we had, we were able to have all this time to like do these cool things and whatnot. You know, now we got kids. And so like, we've in a very healthy, good way, I think we've dumped a, a lot of that energy in the same um, mm-hmm. values we carry together. It's now our family values. And part of that is being outside. Like we love to be outside. So being outside, sitting there, watching the kids do whatever we're doing is the creative thing that in the past would have maybe been us hiking a mountain or something, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, so it's the same thing, just it looks a little different now. And it is just a season, you know, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. in, a, in a couple short years, it'll be a new, like you, it would be in a new season mm-hmm. yeah. trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was where we connected I, when our kids were really little and you can't maybe get away as easy. Yeah. We would connect in nature because nature is like another parent yeah. and keeps the kids occupied and it gives you time to connect. It'd be a great time to do your marriage journal or, you know, to do those questions or whatever. So I just, you know, following you has been really inspirational for me because I just love to see the full life that you live in. And, and you see the elements like of the hospitality. It's, you're still doing it uh, with friends and people around and community. It really is a, a neat thing to see in this day and age when uh, a lot of us give our lives to screens and there is no story to tell. But you guys, you got good stories. I mean, this book was filled with good stories. The dream story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you're in Kurt. Do you want to tell the dream story? Like, I was like, what is this? Go, babe. That was my, the, my dream about you. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, gosh, it's been so long. I'm probably going to tell it wrong from what the book says. But well, I mean, what's the, the concept of the dream? Like the idea around it? I, you know, I bet I'm not been a big like dreamer, write downer of my dreams. Jeremy has been that he's more been that. But um. I had this one dream. Well, that don't was make me sound so... like the journaler. I'm not the journaler. <laughs> but you were you would write down your dreams a lot. Like yeah, I, I was very interested in how dreams the spoke subconscious. To you. Yeah. yeah, you still are. But yeah, for me, I just I didn't have a lot of dreams that were like, wow, this dream is like speaking to me or something. But I had this one dream and it was like very specific dream where I had told Jeremy that I loved him. Well, but hold on. And Context. She was I resisting, had told that resisting, I him for a year. resisting, <laughs> resisting. Yeah, good contact. Like I think the chapter this book is in is every wall must fall. Like we had, she had all these walls up, and mm-hmm. were, she was outwardly expressing that kind of resistance, and then it took an inward release mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to then show outwardly what was actually inside that she wouldn't let out. Mm -hmm. And this dream was for her, the door opening, the dam breaking, whatever metaphor you want to use. Yeah. So yeah, no. So basically I, I woke up and I felt like, wow, that was, it just was like a very vivid, clear dream. And I hadn't had a lot of dreams like that where I felt I really need to write this down. This is important. And then it basically then prompted me to finally tell Jeremy that I loved him back. (laughs) A year and a half after I told her. It's like a year. It wasn't that long, but yeah. And then, you know, for me, at least it was like, once I had audibly said that, then it was like, I kind of equated to falling in love with Jesus. <laughs> like It's like, once you do it, once you make that commitment and you do it, it's like all of a sudden, like, it just is tenfold. Like you, it just grows, you know, like yeah. once you have a baby and you're holding it in your arms, it's like all of a sudden that just exponentially that love just grows. Like, it's like these moments where then yeah. 
it just unleashes a whole new level of yeah. new dimension. <laughs> Which so. is wild because it's like that is maybe the foundation then. Here you are, you've got this podcast, these books that are bestsellers, really influencing couples and pre-couples, right? Like this is a book that actually I read it and I was like, this goes in the hands of my 16-year-old son, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the one that you read for both, yeah. the guy or the girl. This is the one you place in their hands. Like, you know, there was some like when I was growing up and I'm like, oh, I wish that, <laughs> like this one better. Like I wish this would have been the one I read when I was a teenager. I thought the, um, the principle of sharing, which you said comes out of this A Severe Mercy book, yeah. was so intriguing. Can you tell people what that is? Yeah, totally. That's, uh, yeah, so a book that has changed my life is A Severe Mercy written by Sheldon Van Auken, And I read it in college and it so profoundly changed my life that I said I would read it once a year until I felt like the Lord told me I didn't need to. I ended up reading it 10 or 11 years in a row. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Every year starting on my birthday, because uh, I feel like your birthday is your personal new year. So for me, I was like, I'm going to start the new year with this book. Um, but yeah, one of, there's so much in it that's so good, but um, it's a really beautiful story. And the thing that maybe was one of the most influential things was this idea of the principle of sharing. And it's this concept that people are bound together by the things they share. Think of any relationship you have in your life, right? And from the very like smallest thing, maybe communication, right? Like if you can share communication with someone, you're sharing something. That's how a relationship maybe might start. The next thing you know, you're, you're sharing a classroom with them and then books and then blah, blah, carpool, but blah, blah, blah. you know, the more things you share, the closer you become. So in a marriage relationship, this concept of like, how do you build your love and protect mm -hmm. it and build it so strong that nothing can penetrate the gates of it. And the idea is like your gates are built out of strands of sharing. So the more things you can share, the more things you can connect on, the stronger your the gates of your castle, the gates of your hearts really become, and they might become impenetrable. And like, that's the idea of also the beating 50%, the progression towards health, towards success, towards mm -hmm. heaven, I guess. So mm -hmm. you're brought together by the things you share. And um, yeah, that's pretty much, the, I haven't explained that in a while. I hope I did. Yeah. And I think just to give an example for people, like for us, I don't remember what examples we gave in the book, but like, I know running was one of the main ones because yeah, yeah. obviously I was a collegiate runner. Jeremy was not a runner. And in the book, we tell the story where he ran this half marathon for me, having never trained in these barefoot rubber shoes and couldn't walk for days afterwards with the hope of seeing me at the finish line. And he didn't even see me because you were way ahead. That's right. Right. Um, you were like, I finished and I've already left. I've gone yeah. home. <laughs> Another example, though, real but, quick to jump in. Sorry, babe. Another but, example of that. What kind of story do you want? Of that haunting question. The Lord woke me up 5 a.m. wide awake and he just punched me in the head. I said, what kind of story do you want to tell tomorrow? And I was like, oh, I'll go freaking run this just so I can see her. <laughs> it's like, was kind of the goal. <laughs> Impressor really, but. But so anyways, that was an example that we give. Cause then later, years later, Jeremy did start running with me, fell in love with running. We ran three half marathons together this year alone. Like now he yeah. really loves to run. And so it was a thing that then he understood so much more about me by running and understanding like, why I love it, my passion for it, how it brings me life, how it gives me mental clarity. Like he began to draw some of those connections and dots, things that I've tried to explain with my words, but then now he's experienced I, I understood by her. sharing it with me. So it's really about like understanding. And then like, yeah. similarly, like I've never been into soccer. Jeremy got me to watch the world cup with him. And like, I've really started to just like try to understand soccer more with the hope of understanding 
Jeremy better. And also like, even when we traveled in things like Jeremy always says, soccer is the world language. Like it brings people together, like that cultural aspect of soccer. And so just seeing how he loves that really has showed me like more it, aspects of him. It became and, like, an us thing, not a me. This isn't that this yeah. isn't you can't yeah. have your individual things. Yeah, like, it's have just to fresh. say that the principle <laughs> still remains that yeah. the more two people share, the more things two people share, the stronger they as a unit yeah. become. And I mean, back to the crazy statistic of 50% of our, the amount of, I forget the actual number, but the amount of divorces that happen after the kids leave the home is also really, really yeah. interesting. Because they don't share anything besides kids. Exactly. And this is why a lot of people have kids, which is a poor, really horrible reason is they go, oh, like this is, it's the greatest thing two biological beings can share is this creation of life and this raising these kids. And a lot of people think that's going to like fix the marriage because what they're really aching for is unity. Mm -hmm. They're aching that's the goal for fairy. oneness. So they have kids to try to accomplish this goal, but then the goal moves out of the house and they're left in the same position, different friends, different interests, different mm -hmm. hobbies, different goals, different passions, never talked about, communicated about anything. And I chuckle mm. because it's obvious when you hear it, but a lot of people are stuck in this cycle. They're stuck in this problem. They don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Start sharing, like yeah. start practicing oneness, not just in mm -hmm. theory and thought. The, the yeah. thoughts don't exist. They're concepts of our imagination. What we do is what faith without deeds is dead. Mm -hmm. So That's interesting. You know, I read, I read a lot of books. I'm sure you do too. And a lot for podcasting as well. And, you know, every book references other books. And so, I mean, you could easily have, you know, shelves of thousands of books. So I'm like real cautious now. Like, am I going to, am, am I diving in <laughs> to this one? And I did for this one because I thought with this severe mercy, I thought this, you know, create a thousand strands, great and small. This is one of the quotes that was in the book yeah. Yeah. that will link us together. A thousand strands twisted into something unbreakable. And I did really think about how in our culture, actually, I never thought about this, that it does seem to be like, well, you have your thing and I have my thing. So I loved like Audrey, you had talked about like, well, I, I need to look at this as what is it about this thing that I could love? What is it? that he loves about, I think you were talking about the soccer at that point. Mm -hmm. And I just love the idea. And I think it also works for our kids too. And really all of our relationships, yeah. which is like, what is it about that thing that they really love? Instead of being like, oh, that's just their thing. Yeah. 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 It's like, you're either growing apart or you're growing together. So if your partner loves something, there must be something to love about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like you have an option. Shall I find the thing in it to love in order to love my partner better? That's growing and that's a progression towards health or which most people opt into. Should they say, oh, that's just their thing. And then they mm -hmm. boom, door shut. Which one grows you closer together? You don't have a middle option. It's either one or the other. You're either growing or dying. I mean, I've never read that before. Never thought about it. Never read it. I thought it was fascinating yeah. and really life changing. It totally it it changed our life. So that's cool to hear. You know, mm -hmm. it's not going to. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And even down to some of the books they read. Well, actually, it said in this book that they read all of the same books. Yes. I've thought about that a little bit for my own self. Like, okay, so I've recorded these several hundred podcasts. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm in a different yeah. headspace than I was a couple years ago because I've talked to all these people and I've read all these books. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, if I could just download this into your brain. Yeah. Right? Totally. This is where the marriage journal is so, yeah. has been so pivotal for us because it's it's that weekly check-in. So many people, they wake up in bed one day, their consciousness is here, their spouses is here or vice versa, or they're maybe at the same level, but they're so far apart, they can't see one another. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
that's a problem. They're married to a stranger. They're waking up in bed with someone they don't really know. They knew them back then. But if you're not like actively updating your hard drive, your brain, your operating system on the intel of your spouse, well, you're going to wake up two different programs that don't know how to talk to one another. Gary Brashears talks all about this, the pink and blue, you know, hearing one another. There's deeply profound differences in the way men and women hear one another. But then when you start stacking life on top of that, well, that's, that's, I mean, communication, you just, everything else adds on top of that, unless they're being communicated and you're bridging these, these ideas with one another. And we've had many, many events over the last couple of years, even with parenting, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we're not on the same, what page, then this isn't going to work. Well, how do you get on the same page? You got to, we got to update our hardware our software with one another continually. Yeah. So in the marriage mm-hmm. journal, again, it's like for us that, that good time to talk about it. It's that good time yeah. to update. even what Jeremy was saying earlier in the beginning of the podcast, like about expectations. I don't remember exactly. You said something about expectations. It's thief of joy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really don't think it's expectations that are thief of joy. It's good to have high expectations, yeah. but it's, it's more the miscommunicated, mismanaged expectations, the expectations that are not aligned because you haven't talked about them. And so when we have our Sunday marriage journal, it's that time to communicate what it is that we do expect, what it is that we do need this week, what we need help with, what was hard from last week, like just laying that community. And we've heard it explained by so, you know, the benefits of the marriage journal. People will talk about things like, oh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of what the example is like two couples come home from work and they say like, I'm operating at like a 70% right now. Have you heard this? Yeah. Who posted it? It was so interesting. They were like, if you're both at like a 25%, this is not it's the not time to one. get into an argument or something. Yeah. But, if, like, you know. if you're like, hey, I'm at 70, then the, the other person's like, cool, I can be, I can make up the 30% for you or whatever. It's something yeah. to that effect. But like, again, it's just that communication, that quick little communication does help you set set you up for the rest of the night. You know, it like gets you on the same just page. Saved you what could have been. And that's just like a very, very scaled down, simple version of basically the marriage journal takes a little bit longer than that and is a little bit more helpful than that. But yeah, yeah it's just essentially just managing your mm-hmm. communication so that you're not going opposite directions so that you're not on opposite pages. And again, like we used it to plan our 52 date nights. Like, okay, what's our expectation for this week when there's a calendar for before you get into the questions every week? So we could say, we could talk about all the stuff coming up. Okay, where can we fit it in? Can we fit it in? Do we need to hire a babysitter? Can our parents do it? It gives us that time to talk about it. So we're not like scrambling to do it on Thursday or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen if you don't plan it too. Right. With date night. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at 
drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. And I mean, you guys talk through too, there's a lot of struggles in this book. And I, and I want to point that out too, is it's not like some picture perfect thing. I think Absolutely. when you see people that are on television, you know, sometimes there's this thought of, but you're like, no, like you struggled through a lot of things and you're very honest and open about a lot of those things in this book. You had this foundation though, at the very beginning, starting when you're dating into your marriage, this foundation that has brought you through now a lot, you have a lot of little kids, a, a lot of them and dealing with the things that people deal with. Like you said, house renovations, you know, it's interesting to me, Audrey, you said in this book, you said you didn't, you basically didn't expect, you said, I, I didn't consider the fact that I might have to join Jeremy in the public eye. Yeah. It's like, at what point, when did that flip flop happen? Like, at what point were you like, oh, wait? Yeah. Because <laughs> you said it really wasn't a part of the original story, right? It was like, Jeremy, you said that was one of the cool things about Audrey is like, not all she talked about right when you first met, yeah. there was like a different foundation there. But then at some point, Audrey, you're like, oh, I'm joining this thing. I show my girls the wedding video last night. It was so cute. Your sister was speaking. It was oh. adorable. <laughs> but you made a switch at some point in Costa Rica, maybe? Yeah. Well, it, I actually, so the reason why I didn't ever think I'd be a part of it is because the show was actually on a break when we met and started dating and they didn't know if it was going to start back up again. Yeah. The show like, and so like, the show was like, kind of over, but like, it kind of ended. but I was assuming like, Oh, if I, if I do date this guy, like it's over, like this, that was a cool thing of his past. That was a cool part of his story, but like, it's certainly not going to continue. That was my thought. And also this was again before social media. So there was no like publicness of our relationship. There was no, like you have this big following this that I'm now going to be like media. thrusted into, but it was before Instagram. It was like Facebook. It was all it was getting started, different. but yeah. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't like, what it is now. Right. right. You know what I mean? So anyways, that it, re I guess it shifted really like not fully until our wedding, I would say, because I mean, again, we, we weren't sure if we were going to film oh. our wedding we talked about that in the book. Like we kind of, we've been talking about our exit from the show or Jared had for like a long time too. just like really grateful for like the opportunities that it gave us, obviously, but like we knew that it wasn't going to be something that we were going to do forever and into having kids. And he had expressed that early on in yeah. our relationship too. It, so, and I will say like it happened, the show was kind of and for me for my life, because it is somehow still going, but as I was ramping down from the show, social media was also ramping up. And I would mm -hmm. say that like mm -hmm. uh, I saw, we saw 
there was like a practicality to that. We saw this power, like Indiana Jones with the bag of sand. There was this like power switch (laughs) taking place. And we realized the power, like the benefit of the show is actually in social media now. Yeah. Like if you really want to tell the world a message or say something like, it's going to be done on social media. Legacy media is on its way out. Like, mm-hmm. this is so interesting. So then when it's slow, then we started to like get of it. DMs and questions and letters and mail around the world for, about like our relationship and some things we've said on the show. And we're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I'll answer this. And then that kind of grew a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we said we were in, you know, blah, blah, blah. The story continues. But um, yeah, so I, I would say like we... At the more and more we got passionate about not just our relationship, but relationships in general. And how do they work? What makes them tick? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we all have healthy? How do we bring heaven on earth type of concept? Mm-hmm. Social media became much uh, like the viable option to adopt, adapt into yeah. as we exited the show. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of the carry on word where I would say, Audrey, she still like we still exited the show, but we just, we're kind of we've carried on in a different way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, in a real impactful way, that's for sure. And now you have, you've had, your podcast was out for a while. You took a little break from it and you just brought it back in the fall. These are the days. We have a um, a canvas on our wall of our five kids over at Lake Michigan when they're all the little stair steps and the littlest one couldn't even hardly stand up. So someone's holding their hand real tight and it's just their silhouettes. And at the bottom, it says, these are the good old days. And, uh, you know, which is not, I don't think it's a thing. Like, I don't think we should look at life with like, oh, I wish. Yeah, I, I think that we love our seasons that we're in, but I, it is hard when they're little, and so you ha- it's a reminder. You have to remind yourself mm-hmm. of of that. So, can you tell us about the podcast? These are the days, and what's your focus there? Yeah, maybe you want to start. Yeah. So the heart behind it is just yeah. Again, uh, similarly to our book, like we're speaking in the season of life that we're into to likely people that are in the same season of life as us, people with little kids, people starting families or growing their families. Um, Not to say that other people can't listen to the podcast, but that's primarily where we're at. And so a huge part behind this particular season of the podcast has been home health and holiness. We felt like those things were the kind of key things that we really felt led to talk about. We've kind of focused a lot on those things, but a little bit of parenting, a little bit of marriage, a little bit of health stuff. We're pretty into the um, holistic living. Let's talk about that for a minute because you had a lot of health problems. You were talking about when you were a runner and stress and that you they said you had an amoeba. It was a whole thing. And now you sell you sell the Young Living Oils is one of your, you have a, a business there. So tell us a little bit of that health piece, like with young kids, what are you doing in your home? Yeah, so we just, I think, through, you know, just one thing leads to next. If you've ever been through, if you've ever, if you've ever suckered, suffered with chronic illness or um, had a mystery sickness where it's just been hard to diagnose, or I think that it does sort of give way to this you wanting to play doctor in a sense, because you kind of have to if you go through those seasons. And so then you ser- start to learn certain things or your eyes start to open up to certain things. And Ask questions maybe. And you maybe try more alternative ways of healing yourself that you wouldn't have just going the conventional path. And so that's really kind of how it started for me. And then I think it really grew a lot from just then being pregnant and wanting to yeah, take definitely. a more natural approach to that and birth and postpartum and all those things. And then it's just evolved with our kids. And so that's been a deep passion of mine, just um, the health and wellness space in general and not isolating that so much into like 
I think that it can become a little bit toxic. Like I think people can take it to an extreme and I try really hard to not do that, but I try to look at health and holistic health and natural products and all those things more as like a piece to the puzzle. Like health isn't this isolated thing that we look at and and focus on. It's really so integrated with our spiritual health, our mental health, our marriage, our family, our relationship with our kids, like the physical health, your physical health does tie into so many more aspects of your life. And so we really just, we talk about that on the podcast a lot too. It's just like how it ties, you know, like Mm-hmm. And what what does physical health look like for you? You know, like what is the best thing for your physical health? It's not the same as the person next to you. Maybe it isn't even the same as your spouse, you know? And so figuring that out and it probably changes in different seasons. And so we talk about that a little bit too. And and also how that plays with our kids as well. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Home, yeah. health, and holiness. Yeah. I love it. These are the days. I know it's like, a, I don't even have to talk about it. Everybody already knows about it. You know, it's like a huge podcast. And also you have a whole page for your oils, right? On Instagram. Yeah, my, uh, it's just called more than oils is my Instagram yeah. account. So it's more because than just essential more than oils. Yeah. It's about more about the holistic. Yeah. That, yeah. that was definitely like, like she said, kind of the gateway we started I mean, with the oils thing. It was really like, oh, wow. Like that, that's really interesting that like that's in this product. Why is that in this product? What does mm-hmm. that do to my skin? Like, what's the long-term effects of that? And so then, you know, the rabbit trail just kind of keeps going or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's a good rabbit trail. We had our uh, two babies in the hospital cesarean section. And then uh, the third one we had at home, which was like a wild swing. And the only reason, the only reason is because it was my only option. It was like not my first choice at all. But then once you have two cesarean sections, at least back then, they wouldn't let you try again. And so sometimes that limits the amount of kids you can have. I don't know, it was like a big decision for us. And so I started to go to this midwife and I knew nothing, but she would always say these things and I'll be like, she's a kook. Like she would be like, my kids are sick and I'm going to go home and rub oils on their feet. And I'll be like, what? (laughs) You know, but then you learn about it and then you're like, well, it gets into the feet and the the molecules are so small. It gets into all the cells, you know, (laughs) and I started to learn about it and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. It's like, think about grounding. I'm sure you've talked about mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, like being yeah. outside, it's like the I mean, power of standing barefoot on the ground. It's kind of the same thing. That and we don't have that. time to get into a lot, you know, at all. But like, when you really start to think about it so much, uh, like, we're going to talk about this later, I think, but we we forget that like, we are nature in a sense, like we are built from the same materials, we come from the same materials, there's this relationship that needs to that that I think is a healthy relationship with us in our habitat Mm -hmm. you look at any species on the entire planet their health is directly correlated to their habitat in the relationship between the two this is why we have conservations for all this we've destroyed in many senses kind of our habitat but much more we now have an industry specifically in the United States where the key factors of our health aren't being monitored by the health our nutrition for example isn't being considered by the healthcare mm-hmm. industry in large part and the healthcare industry you know in large part isn't being considered by the other one and so there's like all these broken networks <laughs> these, these uh communication pathways that just aren't really happening and i mean being going outside is free standing on the ground and uh yeah. you know being electrically neutralized that's free eating healthy growing food and all that stuff like for the most part it used to be easy to do it's a lot harder to do that now yeah. but it's kind of free it doesn't make anyone money and so we got right. this big problem right now but yeah 
Yeah, and the oils are interesting too, not only from the, you know, topical use, but just even the smells. I mean, that's a really big thing. Like, totally. you, and you can get the ones that smell like the trees or whatever it is. It goes right to your brain. It's something. It like yep. bypasses totally. everything, you know, <laughs> whatever. Energy what makes Christmas it. season so amazing is you walk all in your room smells, and you like, smell the spruce tree. It triggers all these things in the brain. And, like your body, like it's healthy. It just is. Yeah. And so, yeah, being able to, to do that with oils and whatnot and and demand chemical responses from your body based on smells and like you said molecules that you can put in your bloodstream and all this other stuff like that all matters yeah oh that's amazing though that you had a home birth after two cesareans and and then <laughs> yeah then we had three in a row and they got shorter and shorter so it was like 24 hours six hours and my youngest was born in 95 minutes so and it's really a testament to walking down that path I mean, I started off like we were eating Hot Pockets. I mean, this is like the spot that we were in in life. And now, you know, like we filter our water and we've got the oils. And I mean, it's just, yeah. it's it was a, a testament to show that you can make substantial changes yeah. within your body in really a short period of time. So um, it was a really cool journey that I didn't expect because it really was just the the spot I was forced into. And I would say my midwife is one of my very best friends Aww. to this day. And so it's been a really a cool a gift. You know, sometimes when things feel like they're a total failure and flop, because those pregnancies, like they that's what they were called. You know, they were called, the births were called like failure to progress. I mean, <laughs> that's the wording that they use. So like yeah. I failed, you know, and then here we are. So anyway, I love that. I follow the More Than Oils page too, and just so much to learn there. So home, health, and holiness. You say in this book, you grew up two very different ways. Jeremy is growing up with freedom to run through the woods, sleep out at night. Uh, and Audrey's growing up in this family of collegiate athletes and everyone is just uh, shooting for the moon. Real cool, you bring this marriage together uh, with this amazing foundation. But we always end our podcast, and so I'm curious about this question. We end our podcast with a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside. So I'm curious to see the differences. Mm -hmm so easy for you i'm gonna have to think about it for a second yeah I, mean, I got i got a, all of his memories a million but the, the one that just popped straight into my head is um is was a building building a fort this one fort that i i built and it consumed like three years of my life and to date it's one of my greatest accomplishments it's not just a fort you, he built a swamp fort with a fully functioning drawbridge like, yeah i was like i was it like filled with i mean it looks like it's I was like 13 14 something 15. that could be at disneyland yeah and it's like in the middle of this big swamp we have on the farm and and i just remember like designing it in math class and teacher would always get mad and because i'd have these drawings of like how am i going to engineer this drawbridge because i we didn't have the i mean i didn't google this back then i was literally just meditating on this like problem <laughs> that I had like coming up with the solution by things I could see in real life driving home from school like looking at bridges and stuff but uh yeah that was that was it man that's so good. oh what a mom what a mom she's like yeah you know she's gonna source you for those things and just no, believe yeah and just believe that you can just go do that i love this you say as a boy I thought this was really encouraging for parents street as a boy I had immense freedom and I loved it. There were nights when I literally did not come home. I'd be camping out somewhere on the farm, sleeping in cowboy town. <laughs> what, what is this? What a childhood. Cowboy town on the, on the farm. Yeah, my dad built that for us. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, a whole different story. Like my dad grew up in the hospital for much of his childhood and he'd mm -hmm. always read all his books and he vowed to give his kids the childhood he only read about. And Some of that story just Peace, yeah, being so, passed down. <laughs> yeah, we kind of a unique little, frank, unique little farm up here in Oregon and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah so I had lots of freedom to be out to to learn to be outside, 
to push my limits, my boundaries. I never, I missed the collegiate sport circuit, but I feel like I'm equally as balanced as some of those because I was walking like, I was walking on like barn roofs and doing weird stuff. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) More balanced than me for sure. (laughs) Just a runner takes no Yeah. Anyways, that was was my memory. (laughs) What What was yours, babe? Um, the first thing that came to mind for me was my family was big skiers. Yeah. yeah. So we spent a lot that was, we weren't, we didn't do much camping, but we spent a lot of time in the mountains, a lot of time skiing as a family. And I think that was really cool because it was the outside component, but it was sibling time and family time. And I'll, I'll never forget this one game that we played. That was our favorite. My parents gave us, me and my siblings, a walkie talkie, and then they had a walkie talkie. And so then they would go off and we'd basically try to find them on the mountain. They'd give us clues based on the names of runs or based on where the lodges were, things. And it really got us to like be aware, like learn the mountain. So we learned the mountain at a very young age, which was cool. I mean, it was so fun because my siblings and I got to work together. You know, we're outside, we're trying to find our parents. We're playing this game with my parents. My parents, I'm sure, like sipping coffee in the lodge at some points, you know. It's um, <laughs> actually brilliant. You, know, you want a little bit of a break? But try and find me on the walkie talkie. <laughs> it's a good strategy. Well, Jeremy and Audrey, this has been an absolute, I mean, like an absolute honor. It has been such a joy to get a little bit of a front row seat to watch the fullness of your life. And then to read about the history of it here was really a cool thing. And I can't, I'm going to read the next one because Jeremy, you've got one. Did you write it together? It's the next one Jeremy wrote, the the one about creativity. Creative love. So a love letter. Creative love. A creative love. It's not a narrative driven book. It's more of like a coffee table style. We call it a snack book, like pick it up when you need inspiration, date night ideas, challenges, questions, things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so people can find you, get the marriage journal, you can get the Christmas journal, which, I mean, what a keepsake that you'd have passed down to your kids, to your grandkids, 25 years of Christmas memories. Uh, thank you so, so much for being here. Jenny, this thank is you. so fun. This is an honor. The honor is ours. Thank you so much for having us. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside The Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.